Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. I'm a freshman student at Hendricks College in Conway, Arkansas, and I will be reading the scripture for today. Our scripture comes from uh, Luke chapter 19, uh, verses 1 through 10. Uh, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through town. A man there named Zacchaeus, a ruler among tax collectors, was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he couldn't because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to that spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down at once. I must stay in your home today. So Zacchaeus came down at once, happy to welcome Jesus. Everyone who saw this grumbled, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this household, because he he too is a son of Abraham. The human one came to seek and save the lost. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So grateful. So grateful that we have our Hendrix students with us. They are here um, to offer service. Um, they're meeting at several churches all across Northwest Arkansas today, and we are just so glad to have Emma and Keaton both here with us today. Thank you so much for being here, y'all. And I also love that Jillian shared her clay art and and how much that shows. You know, we're like clay for God. God can mold us and shape us, and we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, today as well. And we're showing those videos of our children and youth um, because they are a part of this Restored series as well. They take things and make things new, just like God does. Um, So that's that's wonderful, wonderful that they're sharing those gifts with us today. Will you pray with me? Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So what do we know about Zacchaeus? Well, we know that Zacchaeus was a wee little man, right? How many of you all know that song from Vacation Bible School? Yep, 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 yep. Um, So we know that. We know he he was short in stature. We also know from the scriptures that he was a rich tax collector, a ruler among tax collectors. Um, And it's important for us to understand how tax collection worked in the first century. So how you made a living as a tax collector is you were given a certain amount to tax the people, and you went around and collected that amount, but any amount above that that you collected was your salary. And you could effectively force people to pay whatever you wanted them to pay. Uh, And so we get this sense here from this passage that because Zacchaeus is rich and because he makes this confession about repaying people um, and and cheating people, we get this sense that he's not been the best guy, right? He has gained his wealth through cheating and abuse of others. So what, what that implies for us is that Zacchaeus is very much in need of provenient grace. Now, 
We have talked about prevenient grace before, but just as a refresher, that is, that is the love and relationship that God seeks with us before we have made that commitment. Before we have reached out to God, God is reaching out to us and calling us to God. But we usually talk about prevenient grace in terms of someone who's never believed before, right? But we know that, that Zacchaeus actually is a believer. We know he is a part of the family of Abraham. We know that he already believes. So why does he need prevenient grace? Shouldn't it already be in his life? Well, the truth is we talk about grace sometimes in very linear terms, but we go through this journey of grace in a much more cyclical way than we, we tend to talk about it. Because sometimes we get off the path. Sometimes we make decisions that sort of send us in a, in a direction that, that God wants to call us back from. And so that calling us back from that path is God's prevenient grace bringing us back to God. So even as believers, we still sometimes need that grace. We have lost our focus. We've lost our path. We've lost our way. And God needs to call us back. And that's what happens here, is Jesus literally encounters Zacchaeus off the path. Zacchaeus is in a tree. Jesus sees him and calls him by name and says, I will dine with you. I am coming to your house. And when Jesus does that, Zacchaeus remembers who he is. Zacchaeus recalls that identity in God that he has. He recalls that he is part of the family of Abraham. Thanks be to God. Now, what if I tell you that most of what I just told you about Zacchaeus is not true? Most of what I have just said and most of what we think we know about Zacchaeus is not actually in the Bible. First of all, this, that's the wee little man. But actually, if you look in the Greek, some man is short. But it could be Zacchaeus. It could be Jesus. It could be that Zacchaeus needed to climb the tree because with the crowd around him, Zacchaeus could not see Jesus. But we've assumed it's Zacchaeus who's short. And it could be either. We do know that he is a rich tax collector, and that is true. But how did Zacchaeus actually gain his wealth? First of all, how did he get his job? We don't know. It could have been the family business. And as a long line of tax collectors, he might have found himself unappreciated and unaccepted by the people around him, so he had to become a tax collector. He could have also been maybe a son that his father didn't approve of. And he had to go out and find a job to make his way. And tax collector, he could do it. We don't know what led to Zacchaeus being a tax collector. And we don't actually know how he gained his wealth. He could have been a merciful tax collector. He could have been someone who did not collect much over what was required and so many people sought him out as someone that they would pay their taxes to. Because you had some flexibility there. As long as you paid your taxes, it could be any number of tax collectors that you gave the funds to. 
So maybe he was really good and merciful and generous and people sought him out and as a result, the little bit that he took from people became a lot. The reason that I say we, he wasn't cheating is because if you listen closely to what Keaton read, we're used to hearing this passage like this. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I will give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone, I will repay them four times as much. But if you listen to what Keaton read, he read, actually, he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. He's already doing this. It's just no one's paid attention. And maybe, maybe he's doing it humbly so no one knows. Because we do also know that Zacchaeus was a humble man. And how do we know? Because he ran and he climbed. And let me tell you that someone who was a rich ruler in the first century would not be caught dead running. It was undignified. And they would certainly not be caught climbing a tree. This is a humble man. This is a man who is already generous. But there is someone who needs provenient grace in this story. And that's the crowd. The crowd who grumbles and says, he's going to eat with a sinner. Because the crowd has judged on appearances the crowd has judged on stereotypes. The crowd has judged on assumptions without actually listening to who Zacchaeus is. And as a result, they have cut this man off from their community. He didn't go listen to Jesus with a bunch of friends. He ran alone and climbed that tree and listened as the crowd grumbled because Jesus spoke to him. You know, you know, he's heard that grumbling all along. And the sad and, and convicting part of this is that the crowd continues. It continues in the translators who don't actually look at the Greek and see that it's present tense and instead read it and say, well, they must have meant future tense. And it continues in us, in just buying that interpretation, in just believing all that's been said about Zacchaeus. And, and it continues also not just in our judgment of Zacchaeus, but in our judgment of Jesus. Because if we assume it's Zacchaeus who had to be short, why couldn't Jesus be short? I'm five foot two, y'all. <laughs> you know, what, how powerful is it to think that Jesus might not have been standing tall of stature? It could have been just a regular guy. But in the midst of this, Jesus sees all of this. And he calls the crowd out indirectly by choosing to dine with Zacchaeus and by announcing he is, 
in our family. He is in our family. And, Zac and Jesus, in that moment, you know, when, when Zacchaeus runs to Jesus, or turns to Jesus and says, as the crowd is grumbling, he says, I, I, I repay. I don't cheat. You have to know he felt this moment of desperation of, please, somebody see me for who I am. Please don't judge me the way the crowd has judged me. Please don't. It's a confession of desperation. And so Jesus sets Zacchaeus free of his shame as well. Jesus sets Zacchaeus free too. And he does that by extending love and extending grace to everyone in this situation. Now, from my perspective, it does not matter to me which way you read this passage. I think there's power in both. Because it is true that if someone is acting out of greed, and if someone is acting out of um, selfishness, that they do need to be recalled. They do need to come back onto the path. But if we look at it from this way that I have proposed today, then anyone who's judging another, anyone who is cutting people off from community, anyone who is saying you are not part of the family of God, also needs to be recalled to the path, also needs to be corrected, also needs to be reminded that that's not who we are. We are the family. And we are all in need of grace. And we, we should not stand in judgment of one another and listen to stereotypes and make assumptions. But we should stop and hear and see one another. You know, this week I read, um, I'm doing this, these devotionals as part of my Lenten um, practices. And I read, I was reading about fasting and a woman talked about, her name's Catherine Marshall. She was the wife of a Presbyterian minister and she talked about she needed to take a fast from being critical of others. A fast from being critical. And, ah, don't we need that? This weekend is the two-year anniversary of the shutdown from the pandemic. We have had all kinds of division around that, around our politics in our church. We have all, all kinds of division now in our world. And it's division that is dangerous. And what if we took a fast from being critical of others? What Catherine Marshall found when she did that was that she could be creative. She wasn't spending all of her mental and emotional energy tearing someone else down. She now had the freedom in her mind to think of new possibilities and see people in new ways. And that was exciting for her. And it inspired kindness in her. But I want to say, if we take a fast from criticism of others, we should also fast from criticizing ourselves. We should take a nod from Zacchaeus, who desperately needed to be seen for who he is, and who found in Jesus someone who saw him and said, you are our family. So that voice that's in your head that tells you you're no good, take a fast from that voice. Take a fast from that voice. Zacchaeus needed healing. 
like anyone who's separated from community and crushed by self-criticism. And I guarantee you there are people in this room right now who need that same kind of healing, who need to fast from that voice. We all need provenient grace. We all need Jesus to go before us and to see all. We all need Jesus to remind us when we've gotten off that path, come back. And we all need Jesus to say, you are my family. You are my family. We all need that. Sometimes we need to be pulled onto the path. Sometimes we need to be welcomed at the table. Sometimes both. Jesus sees all, heals all, restores all. My friends, accept that gift. And when you do, we can all proclaim salvation has come to this house today. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at FUMC Bentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.